Welcome back to the XM Podcast. Here is your host, licensed mental health therapist, Matthew Kanabi. So October is Infertility Awareness Month, and this was brought to my attention by my wife recently, and I wanted to make sure that we made a focus of this on the podcast. I have been open about the struggles that we have experienced in our marriage regarding fertility, uh, because this topic hits very close to home. On the podcast today, we're going to have a conversation not only about fertility and the difficulties that come with that, but the journey of overcoming a very scary diagnosis that our guest has been fighting along with infertility. Please welcome today's guest, Chris Gorman. Chris, thank you so much for being uh, being here and part of the XM Podcast. I, w- I want to set this up a little bit because I think it's really interesting. So Dr. Litchie, literally about an hour ago, brought you over and said, Matt, you have to listen to this story. So you and I met an hour ago. Yes. You started sharing your story, and I'm like, pause, hold, stop. I want to make sure we're recording because I don't want to miss out on anything. So before we get into your story, Chris, I want to give you an opportunity to share a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's great to meet you. Yeah, it's it's good to meet you too. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, we are in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, I'm married with my husband, Matt. We have uh, three fur babies, two dogs and a cat. Yeah. And um, we uh, actually work for One Hope. It's a nonprofit that gets um, scripture out to kids all over the world. Our, our, our goal is God's word every child. And yeah. so that's what we're about. We, are, uh, we were in children's ministry for decades before that. Uh, that's actually how we met uh, Dr. Leachy is just through our church, uh, through some contacts to the church several years ago. And, um, and yeah, that's what we're all about, equipping the local church. We're all about uh, getting God's scripture into the hands of kids all over the world. So that's awesome. That's what we do. So um, before we get into your story, talk, talk to me a little bit about what, what, a, what life looks like right now for you and your husband and what ministry looks like. Absolutely. So we work from home, actually, um, okay. and not because of COVID. We actually worked from home before. Uh-huh. Um, and One Hope is located in Fort Lauderdale. And so um, they work with churches all over the world. We specifically work on the Kids Bible Experience, which is a, um, it's located within the Version Bible app. And it's just a feature. It's already on your home feed. And it is for preteens. And it's like a little two-minute sort of Instagram story-like devotional. So that cool. way kids can start to learn how to have that daily devotional, that daily time with God every day. And they come back every day, get a little bit of scripture, and uh, and they start to develop that habit. I love that. I'm in version every day. Yeah. It's the coolest app. You know, like um, two of my buddies, we, we've been doing uh, probably for five or six years. Um, just a track, different tracks together all the time. So I love that. That's that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. I didn't even know that. I mean, there's so much we don't know, really know about each other, but I think that's that's a really cool thing. So, Chris, I'd, I'd like you to talk a little bit about your story and share with us um, just the journey that God's taken you on. And um, you start wherever you feel like the, the good place to, to begin is because it's it's a little overwhelming. So so feel free, and I, I appreciate you just being open and transparent and sharing. This today. Yeah. Well, I won't go so far back. Well, I was born. Right. <laughs> it was a cold day back in. Yeah. Right. Well, um, I was actually diagnosed with cancer, uh, breast cancer, at 36 years old. So, okay. way too young uh, to be diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. And um, it was recommended. It was stage three, so it was you know fairly aggressive, the type and all that. So it was recommended that I get a double mastectomy. Okay. And uh, once we did that, we actually learned that the cancer had already spread. 
So it was, you know, chemo, radiation, all the things that you don't want to do, you know, we were, we were going to have to do. And so uh, just before all that happened, uh, my husband Matt and I, we were uh, dealing with infertility. Mm-hmm. And we had seen a specialist and, you know, we were kind of thinking like, well, God, whatever you want, it's up to you. Because we're children's pastors, right? Like we have tons of spiritual children that show up every weekend. So right. if we can't have our own, you know, that's okay. And uh, so we went and visited the specialist and he said, you know what, IVF is an option for you if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. I was not sure that I wanted my husband to come at me with that many needles. <laughs> it's intense, night. isn't it's it? It's intense. It's a lot. Yeah. Our, our listeners know I've shared our story a little bit. I mean, we I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And we, my wife and I went through that process. and. Um, it is. It's very intense. Yeah, it's a lot. So, uh, so he kind of said, you know what? Just go home and think about it, pray about it, and um, come back in three weeks. And in three weeks, if you want to move forward, then we would get we'll get started. Yeah. And so it was actually in between that first appointment and the follow up three weeks later that I received my diagnosis. Yeah. So you want to talk about God's, you know, perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. There. Yeah. And uh, so we thought, okay, well that's that's got to be the answer, right? Like God, obviously, we're not having kids in this in this season now. Right. And so we went back to that appointment three weeks later, and I'm not even sure why. We could have just called him and canceled it, you know, and just said, hey. You know, here's what's happened. Obviously, this is not going to work. Thank you for your time. And uh, instead of agreeing, he said, actually, uh, my training was at the Mayo Clinic with young women who were diagnosed with cancer at an early age and want to do IVF so they can freeze their embryos and have a family later in life when they come back. So obviously not a coincidence. (laughs) Did not even know that that was a thing. Um, And now... um, we actually were able to apply for some grants to help us with the cost of IVF because now that the cancer is involved, um, there was sort of all these other ways that God just provided to help us um, go through this season. And so we did the mastectomy, and just a few weeks later, Matt came at me with all the needles. <laughs> oh, yes. We did IVF. I remember those. Oh, man, I remember yes. those days. Yes, yeah. and, uh, and right now we have uh, eight frozen embryos just just waiting for us to be ready to come back to them wow yeah so i'm an optimum <laughs> <laughs> that you are so what, what what's next like what what, what, what yeah. does it look like moving forward for you yes yeah, so uh right now i am uh just a little over three years cancer free so congratulations thank you so much so we've yeah we've gone through all the all of the stuff um and so now we're on the other side and we're kind of saying man um okay god you've got these embryos for us you you let us through this season uh what do we do now and it's because of everything i've been through it's actually not safe for me to be pregnant and if you have a surrogate and to like go through a surrogate agency and something it's like seventy five thousand dollars it's yeah unbelievable and so i don't know who just has that lying around but not uh, me (laughs) (laughs) so we just started praying you know we said hey god you know you've led us to this place we you know you'll lead us into the next steps just show us what's next and out of the clear blue sky total stranger sent me a text message she said you don't know me but we have a mutual friend and i heard about your story and i have always had a dream of being a surrogate for someone my entire life. That, that's an incredible dream. That's an incredible dream. I think a lot of people have a lot of dreams, and I don't know that I've heard that one. No. 
come out of a lot of people's mouths. No, she So her dream is to be a surrogate. Yeah, her best friend growing up, um, she was birthed by a surrogate, by her aunt. And so when she was a young child, that was her best friend's experience. And she was like, just so impacted by that. Yeah. And uh, she said, I always wanted to do this, but I've never had anyone that needed me. I never felt right going through an agency. But if you want to talk, let's talk. Yeah. So, so we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of legal stuff you have to go through. So we're kind of waiting oh, through all of that right now. But yeah. hopefully soon, we just signed the paperwork actually uh, this past week. So hopefully soon we'll be able to get to start the process wow. of bringing so I, one of those little embryos. I want to talk, we'll talk more about that. But yeah. it, it, talk to me, because I, I know from experience, talk to me about the relationship with you and your husband mm-hmm. going through these seasons and... Um, I think marriage is extremely affected yeah. by infertility. Um, I think I talked to you a little bit about, you know, we went through miscarriages and um, there, there's something too, because there's so many things in our country, right, really attack the marriage. And I think these mm-hmm. are some, some real specific issues. Talk to me about how your husband's name is Matt as well. Yes. I can remember that. <laughs> right. um, talk to me about how you, you and Matt navigated those times. Oh, man. I don't even know how we navigated those times. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, but I will say that our marriage is so much stronger and so much richer than it was before. Yeah. And I think that a big part of it is... Um, communicating during that time because you don't you don't know what you're feeling you don't know what you're processing much less how can you expect your spouse to know how to meet the needs that you don't even know you know and so there there certainly was a lot of prayer there was a lot of communication um, there's a lot of grace and um, and truly just I would say um, stepping outside of what you're comfortable in which kind of sounds weird in a marriage right yeah yeah (laughs) um but you know there's a lot of things when you have a mastectomy like you can't even i can't even i couldn't even raise my arms above my my head for that first few weeks i was recovering he had to wash my hair you know like just stuff that you it's uncomfortable but because you're married you say for better for worse but now you're actually in it you know and and just sort of allowing those awkward things to go Man, it, it, it's awkward, but it's not awkward because this is why this is why we're here together is to walk through these seasons of valley together yeah. and uh, and to get through it together. And when you wake up in the middle of the night at three a.m. sobbing, like wake up your husband and let him pray for you and yeah, comfort yeah. you. You know, instead of trying to make through it yeah. on your own. I, I know my wife and I experienced this, and I, I've talked to other people who go go through this and. You know, when we went through years of, um, you know, trying and it not working and trying and not working, there was something I think, and it really hit my wife intensely and me as well, but it's like the one thing that we were so born naturally to do, we can't do. Yeah. And it weighs on your psyche. Like, why in the world, like, we would go to fertility clinic after fertility, and you see all these, you know, young girls there pregnant out to here mm-hmm. and we're like how did you do that yeah. like that's amazing like yeah. we're trying like crazy <laughs> but it but it starts to affect mm-hmm. your head in in this in the sense of going what's wrong with me why can't we do what what we're, we're so ingrained in doing and what and why we you know did you guys experience any anything like that at all you know, I don't think that we did only in the sense that it was overshadowed by the cancer. You know, yeah. like that journey, it it sort of be it almost became we can't do it, 
God, it's all about you. Like, yeah. I mean, I know we we know that when you get pregnant, like I didn't actually do anything right. to bring life into the world, but truly, this this is truly not about us because there is literally nothing we can do about this right now other yeah. than to do IVF and God, if you make it happen, make it happen. Yeah. And we're going to have to just keep on going. And yeah. so I think for us, it, it was a little bit overshadowed with uh, with the fun cancer stuff. <laughs> sure. I, I can't even imagine. I mean, going through IVF alone is potentially traumatizing. Yeah. You throw a whole other element on that um, with the cancer. And I mean, that that's... I don't even know how, how God gives you a, must give you a strength that, that I can't even imagine. But yeah. I think what's important, Chris, and you and I kind of talked about this as we were just being introduced. I think it's so important that we talk about these things because there are people right now that will be listening to this that feel like they're the only people on the planet going through this. And I know when we were, when we started going through the um, infertility route and stuff, it was like this is insane. Like there's no way anybody else feels this way or experiences this stuff. Um, I think that's such a huge part of the human condition mm-hmm. is being able to share stories like yours. And, and, you know, Dr. Litchie came up to me and he's just like, you're not going to believe her story. And it, but the thing is, it's like, I know there's other people out there that are going through this yeah. and why I think it's so important for us to talk about it. And it's not easy to talk about. It's not like, Hey, do you want to come do a podcast yes. and talk about all of this stuff that you guys have gone through and the difficulties? And, and you know, it's not like the, 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 the race is over. It's like, yeah. you guys are still in the midst of this. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what it's like still being in this race and, you know, now just finding a surrogate, which is, a, I mean, Mind blowing. Uh, that's a miracle in <laughs> itself, too. It so is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I would say, um, just going back to what you said about strength, um, one of my sort of catchphrases during this whole season was, I have enough strength for today. And that's not because it was my strength, but because the, the Bible says that God will that's give right. us strength for today. Do not worry about tomorrow. And when I get all caught up in, you know, what if I'm doing IVF and nothing happens? What if this? What if that? What if cancer comes back? All this stuff. That's all. God has given me enough strength for today. Yeah. And today, here's what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And tomorrow when that stuff comes, he'll give me enough strength because then tomorrow will be today and then he'll give me that strength. That's right. Today. Love that. And so I think that was something that really helped me through as well. Um, and now I've forgotten what your question was. <laughs> well, just just kind of like where, where you're at right now with things because yeah. the, the 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 end game of, of like the surrogate part of your journey mm-hmm. is just starting so yeah. i'm we're gonna you i'm gonna have to have you back on the podcast <laughs> at some point to, to continue <laughs> yeah to have the part two to this because you're you're still in in the in the process yeah. so just kind of like where 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 like emotionally you're at right now and 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 kind of um, and we'll talk a little bit about how our listeners can maybe get involved in it and help this process along. Because I know we're going to have people listening to this going, I want to be a part of this yeah. journey uh, yeah. with Chris and Matt. Yeah. Well, I would, I would say we're, um, we're, we're just along for the ride yeah. <laughs> at this point. You know, um, I mean, God is so good. Anything that stresses me out in life, I'm like, God made a totally random stranger text me out of the blue and say, yeah. I want to have your baby. Like, yeah. I can do anything. That's right. <laughs> um, but I would, I would say that, um, you know, sharing my story, I want to be a good steward of what God has done in my life. Mm. And it's not about me. It's not about, um, it's not about anything that I've done, but God has brought healing. He's brought miracles. 
He's brought hope. And if I can, in just in some way, share that story and encourage somebody else, mm-hmm. um, then my story can be a survival guide for somebody else. And yeah. hopefully they can do the same thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, one, a couple things that were kind of cool during the cancer journey that, that I get to look back on now is, you know, I really felt like I found myself in this arena of suffering that was just, Satan had his hands on, you know, yeah. I mean, cancer scary, infertility scary, all of that stuff. It's, it's scary stuff. And there wasn't a lot of people saying, you know, you can do it. You mm-hmm. might be okay. You can make it through. And I just felt like there was territory that needed to be taken back for the kingdom. And so there were um, times when I would just pray to reach out to other patients around me um, or, you know, God just opened my eyes. And and there was actually, once I started praying for that, there was a doctor who I found out was an atheist. (laughs) And so that kind of stuff doesn't happen either, you know, And, and God has purpose in that season of pain to use me he doesn't cause that kind of stuff but he uses it to bring people like that across my path and to bring hope and I think one of the things that was just so powerful to me is he laid a word on my heart that that it was for me at the time but I believe that it can be for so many more people to encourage them Um, and it's in the book of Joshua chapter 3 and uh, it's right before they are crossing the Jordan River into mm-hmm. the Promised Land. And what it says is in Joshua uh, chapter 16, God actually, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 15, uh, they're getting ready to cross the Jordan, and it says, The Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest, yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam. Mm -hmm. And this scripture spoke to me because, I mean, I read this a lot of times in my life, but I've, I've always just pictured what the Israelites were doing. You know, God's doing miraculous things in their life. And I never thought about what the city of Adam. Right. What was going That's on That's a whole there? part of the story that I think we, we forget about. We never about. even noticed that. Yeah. And yeah. so I did a little research. Adam's about 20 miles north upstream. And if I just think about like what's going on in that moment, it's already at flood stage, the river is, and now it's getting bigger. Maybe it's ruining their crops because they plant their crops close to the water. Maybe it's threatening their livestock and their homes. And there's all this stuff happening. And scholars even theorize like the way that God made this miracle happen is he caused an earthquake that made the sides of the Jordan River fall in on itself and that's what caused the backup of water. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay well now so there's a flood and an earthquake like this is a terrible <laughs> it's day. getting right? worse. Yeah and the truth is if you read one more chapter in it says as soon as the Israelites crossed the river the waters went back to where they were before. Mm. So this was a temporary crisis but they didn't know that. Yeah. And they couldn't see the miracle God was doing just 20 miles downstream. And what I realized is God in my life was allowing a temporary crisis Mm -hmm. so that he can do a miracle just a little ways downstream. So good. And when I think of like Genesis 50 verse 20 that said what Satan intended for evil, God intends for good. Like Satan intended evil for my life. Oh, yeah. He intended sickness and disease and fear and hopelessness. And I mean, I hate to say it, but death. That's right. Like that was his intent, but God intended life yeah. with the perfect timing of IVF. 
yeah. and he he intended hope for those patients that I came across. He intended salvation for that doctor that I invited to our church. And none of those things could have happened That's right. without a temporary crisis in my life. And so anytime that 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 story can just help someone else to say, you know what, I can't see what God is doing. I can't see the miracle downstream. I don't know what's happening 20 miles downstream, but I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust that God is going to do a miracle because he can bring that purpose out of your season of pain. And I can attest to it because I've seen it. (laughs) I've seen it in my life. so good. I mean, I share that with clients all the time. You know, no matter what, what adversities we're going through, we've got to be reminded that there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end. Yeah. Just as a storm comes in, Sometimes in the middle of the storm, it's really hard to see when that end comes. Mm-hmm. But everything we look back upon our lives, we can look back and go, oh, I, I remember when that, that too shall pass. Yeah. And I feel the same way. My wife and I, uh, we share our story and, and we're very open with it. And I mean, I'm a, I'm, I do a podcast. So I mean, I've, <laughs> I, I, I've had to clear a lot of things with her. But we talk about it a lot. And it's amazing to me that I can look back now. Um, you know, three and a half years ago when we had our daughter and leading up to that going, God, what the heck are you doing? Like, where are you in this? Like, I am struggling. And now I look back and go over the last three and a half years, not that we're, you know, out of the woods and we we, we wanted to have another one and, and we went through years of infertility after that. But I can look back and go, there are so many people we were able to have a conversation with, mm-hmm. so many people that we didn't even know were experiencing um, some of the issues that we were that because we shared our story all of a sudden they came out and now we can be praying for them in a way mm-hmm. that we didn't even know and then I think the other thing too that you and I talked about I think there's just a lot of shame that can be connected with this mm-hmm. and we don't have to be shameful we don't have to live in that but the enemy wants to do that it yeah. wants to, like something's wrong with you and I don't mm-hmm. I don't think God's looking down upon us going yeah um, there's something wrong with you I, I, I didn't I didn't create you as well as as that person but the enemy wants us to believe that and I think that's so true yeah. so um, Chris I want you to share um, we talked a little bit about it and I, I if, if there are listeners that want to uh, get on board and, and, and help you and Matt out through this process how can they do that absolutely well uh, like I said we've got the embryos we've got the surrogate so we've got the bun and the oven we're ready to go <laughs> that's good <laughs> but um, the surrogacy even without going through an agency, it's a minimum of about $50,000 that you're going to have to spend even just for one try. Um, So we do have a GoFundMe uh, started if that's something that people feel feel led to contribute to or even just share. I mean, sharing sharing and putting it out on social media and just getting the word out uh, is a huge help as well. Um, So how do they find the GoFundMe? The GoFundMe, you can search it by my name, which is Chris Gorman, G-O-R-M-A-N. And you've got to spell Chris for him, too. It is a little funny. C-R-Y-S. C-R-Y-S. Gorman, G-O-R-M-A-N. Correct, correct. And you can also also follow me on Facebook or Twitter, at Chris Gorman, and uh, I've got all of it on there as well. I encourage uh, people to do that. I will also add all that information when we launch this podcast. All that information will be on the uh, description of, of this episode. So... Chris, it is such a pleasure to meet you. Oh and, my gosh, you too. <laughs> so, it's so cool. I mean, just the, the way this whole thing happened organically today. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate your time. And thanks so much for being part of the XM Podcast. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's super fun. Thank you, Chris, for sharing your story. Overwhelming when we hear such stories of adversity. And then we get to see how God is still moving 
and using the pain we experience for his good. I know a lot of people have or are dealing with difficult things like cancer, miscarriage, or infertility. Just know you're not alone. Seek out therapy or counseling if you need it. It's okay to not be okay. Hopefully this episode has been a blessing to you. Please share the XM podcast with friends and family. Give us a comment or a like if you wouldn't mind. Check out emerge.org for more information on who we are as a ministry. Well, until next time, or when our Savior comes, God bless.